Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you found Jesus and that you're going to join today as we talk about sowing and reaping. And there is power in the name of Jesus. We're going to journey together to unleash discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. So I hope that you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, let's get started. As I just said, we're going to talk about sowing and reaping. And I just want to start off by asking, what kind of soil are you planted in? So I'll explain that further as we get into our discussion here. But you know, Jesus was really practical in his teachings. He told earthly stories using a heavenly bend so that the people of the day would understand them. And this type of teaching caused Jesus's listeners to have to think and reflect upon the true meaning of the story that was being taught. And the truth was concealed from those who were too stubborn and prejudiced to hear what was being taught. Interestingly enough, most parables only have one main teaching point, so we must be careful not to go beyond what the message that Jesus was teaching is uh, with our own opinions and insights. But he did use farming as the example for the people because they were almost all familiar with planting and growing their own vegetables. During this time, they couldn't just go to market for their family's needs. And the parable of the sower is the key to unlocking the truth of God's word throughout the Bible. This parable is an excellent example of our heart condition and how the enemy can permeate it if we don't guard it with all diligence because out of it is springs the issues of life. And that's a proverb. And now in Mark chapter four, verses 26 through 29, Jesus also said, here is another illustration of what the kingdom of God is like. A farmer planted seeds in a field, and then he went on with his other activities. As the days went by, the seeds sprouted and grew without the farmer's help because the earth produces crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. Now, Mark presents us with a principle about spiritual growth being similar to a plant. This growth is a slow, progressive process, finally culminating in a harvest of spiritual maturity. And the seed represents the word of God. The whole universe that we live in operates off of seeds. You and me were seeds to begin with, and every bird and animal started out as well as a seed. So sowing and reaping starts with planting and seeding first, and then the harvest will follow. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 tells us, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. 
Ask yourself what seed you've sown into the spiritual realm. What scriptures are you standing and meditating on while awaiting the time in between planting and harvesting? Here's a few examples of ones that I'm standing on. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, I am redeemed, forgiven of all my sins and made clean through the blood of Christ. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16, in all circumstances, I live by faith in God and extinguish all the flaming darts or attacks of the enemy. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, I am complete in him. Colossians chapter 2 verse 7, my life is rooted in my faith in Christ and I overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done for me. Exodus chapter 14 verse 14, the Lord fights for me and I shall hold my peace. 1 John chapter 5 verse 18, we know that those who have become part of God's family do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely and the evil one cannot get his hands on them. And finally, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. So getting back to Mark chapter 4 verse 14, Jesus said, the farmer I talked about is the one who brings God's message to others. And again, that's the seed. So what was Jesus meaning by the farmer? He means that's you and that's me. We're the farmers who take what we've planted in our hearts and we share it with others. Are you willing to apply God's message to all areas of your life? This is what we need to do when we implant the seed or God's word deep within our hearts. The seed must be planted so therefore a harvest can take place. If no seed is ever planted, then no miracle will ever come forth. So Jesus went on further in Mark chapter 4 verse 27 saying, And then he went on with his other activities. As the days went by, the seeds sprouted and grew without the farmer's help. Don't you just love when a good plan comes together? Spiritual growth as we stated earlier, is a continual, gradual process. While we may not understand how seeds germinate and produce what they were created for, we can understand that this is a natural consequence of sowing and reaping. Now, King Solomon offers us wise advice from the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. He says, pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. The tie-in here once again is our heart condition. King Solomon is telling us to plant the word deep within our hearts for life and for health. We're not to live carnally minded, meaning by our five senses alone. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 puts it this way. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. We must also focus on our spiritual selves. 
When our spiritual selves are greater than our carnal selves, we'll have the power to cast down our carnality more easily when temptations arise. We do this by planting more of God's word in our storehouse of our heart. And this is a Christian's life insurance or go-to in the case of emergency. What we plant now will be harvested in due time. So the next verse in Mark verse 28 further illustrates this point when Jesus says, Because the earth produces crops on its own, first a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. There's a natural law for seed time to be planted and when the harvest will occur. A farmer is patient, they're gentle, because they've been applying these laws their entire lives. They know they cannot wait until the night before harvest to go out and plant their crops or they wouldn't get the desired results they were looking for. The good news with the Word of God is that there's no season for our sowing. If we desire a bountiful, fruitful harvest, we should be sowing into our hearts daily. And seed was planted by hand. The farmer would walk across their fields slinging handfuls of seed onto the ground from a large bag that they would carry across their shoulders. The plants were not grown in neat rows like we see today because farming equipment had not yet been developed. And this explains how and why seed would land upon all types of ground. No matter how skilled a farmer was, it was bound to happen that seed would land upon different types of surfaces. With this in mind, the farmer would liberally throw the seed upon the land knowing that the seed would fall upon good soil for the lion's share of what had been planted. However, if we have spiritually neglected to sow the word of God into our hearts when we need it, there will be no harvest to rely upon. And Jesus' words are for the honest seekers of God. God gave us ears to hear with, but we also listen deeper with our hearts when we're tuned to what God is saying to us. We need to remember to sow and sit with what we've sown. We don't want to go back and dig up what we sowed because we're not seeing results. Like the farmer, we too must remain steadfast, focused, and eager for the harvest. Remember, we're building kingdom rewards and a new lifestyle here upon earth. Change is effortless. If we plant rightly, we'll harvest what we can expect. We can experience true and lasting transformation by choosing to plant correctly. And the word produces change over time. So don't talk yourself out of what you've already sown. Perhaps you don't understand how it works, but that doesn't make it any less true that it works. There are natural laws in the world that we may not fully understand, like gravity, yet that doesn't mean that that law is ineffectual. So note to self, don't dig up my seed. Instead, we must exercise our faith in allowing the seed to grow within our hearts. Hebrews chapter 11, 1 asks this question, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen, but it's the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Faith combines both assurance and anticipation for the process of seed to harvest. The Holy Spirit increases our faith over time. The more we trust and lean into God, the more our faith grows. This is one of the ways that we can experience God's supernatural peace when it just doesn't make sense. 
The seed acts as the catalyst. The ground supplies the seed with what it needs for growth and nutrients. Our hearts are the command center, not our brains growing whatever we place within them. Think of your heart as the ground for the seed. Ultimately, when you plant good seed, again, the word of God, you and me will harvest a supernatural harvest. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Our lives are a reflection of our heart condition. Our thoughts and what we speak over ourselves is a direct result of what we place on the inside of us. Our words over ourselves have the most impact. In order to have victory in our lives, we must plant the word of God. And Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 gives us this instruction, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. So be careful what words you say. For example, so-and-so is brokenhearted. We've got to zip that up. Those words will corrupt our hearts. Our words affect our health, and we don't want to experience a medical abnormality because we were careless with what we were saying over ourselves. Instead, we must speak victory over our lives and say something like, I am healthy, I am whole, I'm achieving greater health every day, and... Contrastly, corruptible words for the incorruptible word of God declaring, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's out of Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. So now what I'd like to do is I would like to go ahead and read from Mark chapter 4 verses 3 through 20. And this is Jesus telling the parable of the four soils. So he starts off by saying, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The plant sprang up quickly, but it soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seed fell among thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades so that it produced no grain. Still other seed fell on fertile soil and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. Now Jesus explains the parable of the four soils. Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him, What do your stories mean? He replied, You're permitted to understand the secret about the kingdom of God, but I'm using these stories to conceal everything about it from outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. They see what I do but they don't perceive its meaning. They hear my words, but they don't understand. So they will not turn from their sins and be forgiven. But if you can't understand this story, how will you understand all the others? I'm going to tell. The farmer I talked about is the one who brings God's message to others. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the message, but then Satan comes at once and takes it away from them. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't 
go down very deep. At first they get along fine, but then they wilt as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word. Now the thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for nice things, so no crop is produced. But the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's message and produce a huge harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. So that's the story of the parable of the sower. So earlier we had said to think of the ground as a type of heart condition. Well, there are actually four types or conditions of the heart. These are progressive steps and stages. The first one is the wayside soil. This is a hardened heart. If you remember Pharaoh and the plagues that he uh, put on, he was in Egypt and he placed these against Israel. He had a hardened heart, one that became harder and harder over time and it actually was God who was hardening his heart because he just wouldn't change his ways and then the birds of the air actually come and just snatch that seed away right away so the second heart condition is called stony ground or shallow soil and here the heat of the sun dissipates the seed it's a casual heart toward God And then the third condition would be thorny ground. And growth is seen as this is a full heart, but it's full of pleasures and cares, riches in life. So it's a heart condition that is gaining momentum though. But the where we want our heart to be is we want to plant in good ground. And that's the fourth and final condition. This is a heart condition that we should always aim for. And here there's fruit of transformation of the heart. And the fruit produced is what we talked about earlier, 30, 60, or 100 fold. And only this fourth and final condition produces fruit in some variation. Now, these four heart conditions will determine the potential of the seed. And there are four types of soil for the seed to be planted within. But when we start with that first type, the wayside soil, we find that it's as hard as concrete. It's impenetrable. No seed would be able to penetrate that type of ground. The ground is not the power, but it does provide tenancy for the seed. And people with this heart condition hear the word of God. Then as mentioned before, the enemy using birds snatches the seed away immediately, taking the word of God from them, lest they be believed on Jesus and be saved. And then secondly, the stony ground or soil is nothing more than limestone with shallow dirt covering. This seed would immediately fall and take root, but couldn't go down deep to draw moisture. And that's how it withered up in the heat of the sun and it would die. And our flesh is the stony ground. Here we're operating out of our experiences, no deep emotional connection to God. So those who hear the message receive it with joy, but it's oftentimes short-lived. And then things begin to change with the thorny ground or soil. And again, that's the third type. These people hear and accept the word. However, these people are still unbelievers. And this is a heart condition that's full and crowded within the world. I guess you could say this would be a worldly person. And this soil is engulfed in weeds that choke out the seed. There are four types of weeds. There's the riches of the world, 
the pleasures of the world, lust for all things other than God, and finally, the cares of this life. And the enemy of a full, crowded heart is external. It's not an internal enemy. But good things come to those who are diligent and they wait. As a person matures and grows in their faith, trusting in Jesus, they oversee the good ground. And the good ground or fertile soil is the fourth type of heart condition. And this is a converted heart. This is a person who hears the word of God and allows it to sink deep within our hearts. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they have eternal salvation based upon their belief in Jesus. Nothing they've done earns this free gift. It's not works-based. So the first three grounds represent non-believing hearts, as we said, and the good ground, the fourth one, enjoys three levels of productivity for believers. We've said 30, 60, or 100-fold return at harvest. Well, Jesus doesn't have a zero-fold production of fruit. Anyone who believes in Jesus will produce some fruit. And as a believer matures, it might be 30, 60, or 100-fold production. But in Jesus' day, an excellent yield was tenfold, meaning ten harvested for every one sown. So the parable of the sower shows us how Jesus illuminated spiritually sensitive people while allowing frustration into the minds of the spiritually blind people. And these four stages or progressive steps may also refer to varying times in people's lives. It seems possible that unless we're fully integrated with the Word of God, we may experience some or all of these stages pertaining to our life. If we've not fully surrendered all areas of our lives to Jesus, for example, we may plant and harvest when it comes to loving our neighbor as ourselves, but then the issue of money, we may be tight-fisted around. Therefore, we're planting on stony ground. So then when we look at we reap what we sow, the book of Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 and 8 says, don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. You will always reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest the consequences of decay and death. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. It would be a surprise to plant corn and have pumpkins spring forth. It's a natural law to reap what we sow in all areas of our life. For instance, if we gossip about a friend, we'll lose their friendship. We must be able to keep confidences. Every action has results. If we plant only to please our flesh, we'll reap sorrow into our lives. But if we plant to please God, we'll reap joy and peace coupled with everlasting life. So do you ever evaluate the seeds that you're planting? Well, in verse 8 of Galatians chapter 6, it discusses our sinful desires. So let's break down those desires and look at what the alternative could be that we can plant instead. So a wrong sinful desire would be evil. And this is an easy one. A spirit-filled desire would be good. So we can plant good. Wrong desire would be destructive, but a spirit-filled desire is productive in kingdom work. A wrong desire is that we're easy to ignite or anger. A spirit-filled desire is going to be difficult to ignite or anger. Um, Also wrongly, 
would be difficult to stifle, self-centered, oppressive, possessive, decadent, sinful, deadly, but spirit-filled desires are going to be easy to stifle, self-sacrificing, liberating, nurturing, uplifting, holy, and finally, abundant life. So I hope that you've enjoyed today's message and that you'll consider joining me again tomorrow as we look at um, the wheat and the tare that Satan plants into the fields or into our hearts to add stir up some confusion. And, and once a harvest come, comes, that's when we can distinguish between the actual wheat and the chaff if you will, the chaff being bad that Satan plants because they look identical, which isn't that what he does in the kingdom. He takes everything that's kingdomly and then he actually tries to mimic or duplicate it in some fashion in the world. So he's constantly being a copycat to the word of God. So friends, today, if you want to experience an intimate, personal relationship with God's son, Jesus, and spend eternity in heaven, I would invite you to pray this prayer of salvation now. Say, God, I miss the mark and I'm turning away from my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in your son's shed blood for all who acknowledge he took on the sins of humanity, past, present, and future at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were spiritually born again. Your next steps are to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider joining a good Bible-based church where your faith in Jesus can continue to grow and be edified by like-minded people. Now allow me to be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you will ever make in your entire lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, love in action, biblical wisdom, and what the Word of God says about trust and much more. I hope that you'll come alongside me as we explore the Bible together. And if you like this podcast, make sure to hit like and subscribe to ensure that you get the latest episodes as they become available. And why don't you be a blessing to someone else today by sharing this podcast with them? Much of today's podcast reference the book, the grace and peace of God love wins. If you found the content inspiring, you may want to consider reading it in its entirety. And you can easily pick up a copy from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes and Noble or Dorrance.com. And friends, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word. Until next time, be blessed and remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus forever. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 21 shares, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless.